0: Every day we move nearer to reaching the global goals of ending poverty, protecting the planet and ensuring that all people can live in peace and prosperity by 2030. But how close are we really? Welcome to the SDG Insider, the series that helps bridge the gaps between corporate reporting and the sustainability agenda from the Global Reporting Initiative. We hope to help businesses navigate the 17 Sustainable Development Goals with resources and guidance for taking action. Tax is the glue that holds modern society together. Services like fresh water and sanitation, energy, education, transport and healthcare for everyone are funded by taxpayer contributions. It's the foundation of how countries function safely and effectively to protect their people. The United Nations acknowledges that taxes play a vital role in achieving the sustainable development goals, and they are also a key mechanism by which organizations contribute to the economies of the countries in which they operate. This goes some way to explaining how tax is intrinsically linked to the sustainability agenda. In this episode of SDG Insider, we find out more about the role of tax in environmental, social and governance issues from guests, Alison Taylor and Dave Rubsart. We take a closer look at responsible tax for companies, including governance, ethical decision making, and the role of reporting organizations, as well as what's happening in international trends. I'm your host, Ayanda Charlie. The World Economic Forum has launched the Global Risk Report. The findings stem from the canvassing of over 12,000 leaders globally on what they perceive as key risks. Well, to give us some insights from the report, I'm joined by Sadia Zahidi. She's a managing director at the World Economic Forum. Thank you very much for joining us, Sadia. Now, what are the key risks, short term and longer term, that leaders in the world are worried about right now? So we first asked people how they're feeling about um, the global outlook and the bad news
1: is 84% of people are either worried or concerned and only 4% of people are optimistic about the outlook. But at the same time, I think we can pull apart why that is happening and what some of the trends are. So in the next couple of years, the big concerns are a loss of social cohesion, jobs and livelihood related crises mental health deterioration and at the same time concerns about extreme weather events Um, that are also unfolding at the same time. Then if you look two to five years out, that's where some of the risks become also a bit more economic. There's concern around um, asset prices. There's concern around uh, potential uh, cybersecurity uh, threats. And then if you look further out over the next 10 years or so, it's very clear, it's climate, climate, climate. That's what the world is incredibly worried about.
0: We are in an era of poly crises cascading and connected economic, social and environmental events with vast repercussions. And taxes have never been more important for addressing the challenges facing us. Developing countries in particular need fiscal resources more than ever to close the divide between rich and poor. Taxpayer contributions have a vital role in sustainable development as they impact a state's ability to provide welfare, security, education, health care and more to its most vulnerable citizens. Therefore, better tax policies and the reform of international corporate taxation, which favors powerful multinational corporations, as we will see later in this episode, can increase financial resources for governments to help reduce poverty and inequality. Doing so will help us move closer towards SDG number one, which is no poverty, and SDG number 10, which is reduced inequalities. Tax transparency also helps counter illicit financial flows, contributing to SDG goal number 16 peace, justice, and strong institutions. Carbon taxes and tax incentives can shape behavior and corporations' impact on the environment, aligning with SDG number 12 responsible consumption and production and SDG number 13, climate action. Unfortunately, not everyone is keen to pay their fair share of tax. Many of us will remember the Panama Papers of 2016, which were an enormous trove of leaked financial and legal records that revealed the hidden financial dealings of the global elite. These millions of leaked documents showed how the world's most powerful people, including politicians, celebrities and business leaders have used offshore companies and trusts to hide their wealth from tax authorities and the public.
1: Tonight on Four Corners, we investigate how politicians, criminals and the super wealthy move millions through a parallel economy open only to those who can afford it. And we reveal how an Australian accountant made a fortune helping high risk clients keep their riches away from prying eyes.
0: In 2021, the Pandora Papers, another batch of leaked documents, laid bare even more tax crimes by the rich and famous.
2: I think some of the best money is to be made. If you're willing to turn a blind eye to who you're dealing with and where their money might have come from, I think there's very good money to be made, sadly.
1: You have a handful of people who loot the resources of a country. Imagine the good that could have been done with $5 billion, the roads, the infrastructure, schools, medicine, education, healthcare. All of that could have been All of that was taken away by a handful of people.
0: The criminal practice of tax evasion has an unsavory cousin, tax avoidance. Some of the biggest multinational enterprises avoid paying their dues with the help of convoluted laws compliant governments, and sly lawyers. It may not be illegal, but is it ethical? Increased public scrutiny of this kind of activity has resulted in corporate tax transparency moving higher up on the sustainability agenda for policymakers, NGOs, and many multinational enterprises. Rating agencies are integrating responsible tax criteria into their ESG metrics, and investors are increasingly focusing more on responsible tax behavior in their investment strategies. In June 2023, Amazon shareholders voted on whether the company should commit to public country-by-country reporting on tax. The proposal was supported by over one-fifth of shareholders, following a rising trend of large companies such as Microsoft and Cisco facing pressure to disclose their tax affairs. Time is running out for big businesses who still hide their tax practices from public scrutiny. Let's turn to Alison Taylor, clinical professor at NYU Stern School of Business and Executive Director at Ethical Systems to explain more. Alison, please briefly explain your work and the issues that you're tackling.
1: Sure. So I am a Clinical Associate Professor at NYU Stern School of Business. I, so I teach in a big uh, American business school. I teach ethics classes and sustainability classes to executives and MBAs and undergrads. I'm also the executive director of an organization called Ethical Systems, which aims to help the private sector build more ethical and effective organizations. I've just finished writing my first book, which is called Higher Ground, How Business Can Do the Right Thing in a Turbulent World, which aims to talk about the uh, role of business in society. And then I have a number of advisory gigs. So I advise private equity firm KKR, a Swiss private bank, a few nonprofits. So I wear a lot of hats, basically. But uh, really, I suppose my work focuses on the role of business in society in a nutshell.
0: Wow. Thank you for that. And congratulations on writing and finishing your first book.
1: Thank you. uh, If you're thinking of writing one, call me and I'll talk you out of it.
0: So maybe then let's start here. Can you tell us more about what governance in general is exactly? And then maybe tell us what best practice of tax governance looks like.
1: You ask what sounds like such a simple question. In fact, it's an incredibly complicated question. And I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar or more than familiar, painfully familiar with the term ESG. And one of the big problems we have with the idea of ESG is that what governance means in the context of ESG is in fact heavily debated. So there is a raging debate uh, here in the U.S. about whether it violates fiduciary duty uh, to the corporation or not to pay attention to things like climate change. So one way to think about the G of ESG, it is traditional notions of corporate governance and the obligation that you have as a director or an employee to run your company in the best interests of shareholders. And people debate, therefore, whether you should consider environmental or social and social factors uh, or not. Other people say that the G of ESG is about better governing social and financial risks. So you pay attention to climate change disclosure, you pay attention to corruption, you pay attention to human rights. And then another group of people say the G of ESG is about governance related negative externalities. So, that would then start to get us into questions of corruption, questions of tax, questions of lobbying and political finance. So, I suppose going back to this notion that what we're really talking about is the role of business in society, we start to see all these questions and all these tensions coming to the fore when we start to talk about what good governance means today in the 2020s. And so, I think. This starts to get very fraught and it starts to get very contentious because if we're talking about sustainability or what is more recently called the rise of ESG, a lot of what those efforts describe are efforts by companies to cherry pick convenient environmental and social issues and to tell a good news story about all what all the wonderful things they're doing in order to drive shareholder value and to ignore these wider obligations. And so this is how you end up with a lot of companies that are big, credible multinationals telling a story about all the wonderful things they're doing for their workers and on climate change, and those companies are not paying any tax. Those companies are not fulfilling their basic, arguably, ethical and moral obligations to support the governance of the country where they're operating, and then by extension, to support the interests of the taxpayer. So I think we start to see all the tensions of ESG come to the fore when we start to say, from an ESG perspective, what are the tax responsibilities of corporations? And so we've historically had very, very good reasons to ignore these more fundamental ethical obligations of the role of business in society in favor of telling a good news story about we'll fight climate change and we'll make more money. And I think now we've hit the 2020s, a lot of people, not least activists, not at least GRI, start to ask these much more pointed and inconvenient questions about what are corporations really trying to do with all this stuff? And to what extent are they trying to avoid or, or evade obligations such as paying tax?
0: Often the strategies used to avoid paying tax are legal. Multinationals might defend themselves by claiming they have complied with all rules and regulations. But whether their actions are fair or contribute to the problem of growing wealth inequality is another question. The good news is that the tide is turning. Guidelines such as the Inclusive Framework on Base Erosion and Profit Shifting created by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development and the European Union's Public Country-by-Country Reporting Directive will make it easier for tax authorities to identify and investigate tax avoidance. They also encourage countries to exchange information about tax avoidance schemes to help stop corporations from exploiting gaps. Currently, companies can choose whether or not to disclose their tax data, but it's expected to become compulsory in the near future. Alison told me more. I guess then my next question would be, should businesses wait for tax reporting to become mandatory or would you advise that they start now? to the extent that is beyond what is expected of them by the law? And why? What guidelines should they look to?
1: Very, very often, and this is kind of implied in your question, right? Very, very often, if you start to say, as an activist or a nonprofit organization, maybe companies should stop avoiding tax and start paying their proper taxes, the response will be, well, that would be insane. Nobody else is doing this and this is not legally required, so we should just kind of ignore it. But the entire point of ESG, the entire point of the sustainability discourse is about running your business for the longer term, which by implication is about anticipating the societal, the normative shifts, and then maybe the legal and regulatory shifts that might be coming. And as I've already said, a lot of the rise of ESG is asking these very pointed questions about the role of business in society. And asking questions very specifically about the negative externalities of business and the consequences for stakeholders and the consequences for everybody else. So this speaks to taking tax avoidance seriously for two reasons. One is that you can't really have a good ESG program unless you consider this very specific, very enormous, very impactful negative externality of your company if you are not paying your tax obligations. The second reason is that because we have these big societal normative shifts coming, there starts to be more and more pressure, more and more regulatory pressure. We see the US government trying to put in place a minimum corporate tax rate. We start to see tax pressures taking shape. So whether or not you're doing this for moral, ethical reasons, because you take your role in society seriously, we've got a lot of mounting evidence that tax responsibility is going to be the next frontier of ESG, is going to be the next frontier of sustainability or social responsibility. So I don't think you get to say... This is just, we've been saying not to avoid tax. This is just the way the world is. I think what you ought to be saying is, how are societies, how are governments starting to think about this? And how can I manage risk and be more resilient over the long term? And what part might tax responsibility play in that question?
0: Indeed. So it is in their best interest, right, in the long term, essentially, to get ahead. Quite often, tax is not yet sufficiently embedded in, in the broader governance of a company or in the agenda of executive boards. What does this mean for ethical tax decision making? And do you have any advice along those lines?
1: I think what we really need to do and I uh, this is sort of implied in our discussion about the ESG in the beginning I think very very often we have thought about as company leaders governance challenges is in a very very narrow way like we only care about governance challenges to the degree they might help us reduce reputational or regulatory risk But the reality is if corporations aren't paying enough tax and the government isn't securing enough tax revenue and fiscal strength, the government does not have the resources to address some of our big societal challenges, not least climate change and the living wage. And so ultimately, this has the highly ironic consequence of dumping these problems back in the lap of corporations. So if what you want is for corporations maybe to have a national view of what the role of corporations in society should do, we might start by paying appropriate levels of tax and then many of these problems land back in the lap of the government. So I think that is one reason to have a broad concept of governance, but it presents a lot of internal challenges. And I think leading corporations that I've worked with, I would think about uh, Novartis or a Microsoft, for example, start to think about their political spending and start to think about uh, their political influence and start to think about the degree to which they are supporting or undermining the agenda of the government. as part of this wider responsibility conversation. So I think if you're going to be a company run with integrity in the 2020s, there's just simply no avoiding questions of political influence and questions of tax avoidance.
0: So Alison, why should companies steer clear of tax avoidance, which may still be considered a gray area, and do more than may be expected from them based on laws and regulations?
1: So there are a few reasons. One is that laws and regulations are changing. um, And even if tax avoidance still makes sense in the most narrow, short term shareholder value way right now, it's not going to in a decade or two decades. So get ahead of the regulation, get ahead of the shifting norms a more fundamental reason is that if we all stop avoiding tax, that will level the playing field and we will end up with a more resilient society with better government services, which will take the pressure off business and allow business to focus back on what it does best, which is making money, developing good products and services that we want to buy. And so I think one of the consequences of tax avoidance is that put all these new pressures on corporations to To tackle problems we used to think were the responsibility of government. So business um, as a collective ought to have an interest with stopping uh, tax avoidance so that we can recalibrate the appropriate role of business versus government versus civil society.
0: And I guess maybe to crystallize further, right, for the stakeholders, what is the value of transparent reporting to stakeholders on these topics?
1: Stakeholders are getting very, very upset about these questions and stakeholders really would like to know whether you are paying your fair share of taxes and how exactly you are influencing the government in the country uh, where you are operating. This is so remarkable to me that even when I teach undergraduates, let alone MBAs or executives, and I'm teaching my sustainability for competitive advantage and I walk in and I start making arguments about how doing the right thing can make you more money. In the first session, those students say, what about all the lobbying? What about all the corruption? And what about all the tax avoidance? So this is, I think, The biggest reputational pressure, the biggest issue undermining the social license to operate and trust in business collectively, globally. It is an absolute imperative, as far as I'm concerned, to get serious about this topic sooner rather than later. If you want to have any sort of a good news ESG sustainability story.
0: What is the role of tax planning and ethical decision making by businesses and the role of governments when it comes to sustainable tax policies?
1: I mean, I think we just all need to collectively understand that we are not going to solve these problems um, with business as usual. So tax planning is part of being um, a well-run, well-governed company with integrity. I did a lot of work last year with the World Economic Forum. Um, We called it the rise of the chief integrity officer, where really what we're arguing is you can't think narrowly in terms of here's what we need to do to not break the law today. And then here's what we need to do to tell a good environmental and social story over here. Really, we can think about this as a a form of kind of stealth PR. So if we read sustainability reports, we'll see all these. Here are all the wonderful things we're doing. And here are some smiling children. And here are some smiling women in hard hats. And here's this wonderful thing. And whatever you do, don't look at our tax and don't look at our lobbying. That has started to become unsustainable because stakeholders are looking at corporate disclosures. They're looking at the sustainability report and then they're looking at the annual report and they're saying, why does this feel like i'm reading about two completely different companies so unless you think holistically about your ethical and your commercial and your oversight obligations and your responsibilities to society i think you are frankly going to end up in five years without a coherent sustainability approach and people are just going to think you are a hypocrite and they are not going to take you seriously
0: for tax risks and contributions to be fairly assessed Organizations need clear and comprehensive tax reporting. The Global Reporting Initiative and other international institutions have recognized tax as a sustainability topic, leading the GRI to publish its reporting guidelines in 2019. The standard, named GRI 207, contains disclosures for organizations to report information about their tax-related impacts and how they manage these impacts. The disclosures enable an organization to provide information on how it manages tax and information about its revenue, tax, and business activities on a country-by-country basis. Because the standard is freely available, even those who do not report under other GRI topics but wish to make tax disclosures can use it as a guide. I then asked Dave Rubsart, Director of Global Advisory and Tax Lead at GRI, to tell us more.
2: Thank you for having me on the podcast. Really good to be here. Please explain briefly what your work involves at GRI. So in my tax-related work, uh, I do a a variety of things at at GRI. But when you talk about tax, I engage with a variety of stakeholders across the globe on the topic of tax, how tax is relevant for sustainable development to uh, fund society, steer behavior, influence behavior. So I talk a lot with, for example, investors, but also policymakers, NGOs, other standard setters. So a variety of stakeholders on on the relevance of of tax, but also on the GRI standards and uh, the GRI 207 tax standard. Yeah, and I help them in understanding the topic, how it could be relevant for the work that they do, and how 207, the standard, for example, could also be relevant for them.
0: And now, how can we relate Alison's thinking to the GRI 207 tax reporting standard?
2: Yeah, thank you for asking that question. I think it was really good to hear Alison and hear her talk with a lot of energy about the relevance of tax and sustainable tax in the context of sustainable development of, of, of course, of ESG approaches from companies that it is really fundamental to do, let's say, the right thing from a tax point of view. And also to be transparent on that, involve your stakeholders, communicate with stakeholders. So it's really good to hear that coming also from Alison, from her experience that she has, what she hears in her classes, indeed what she mentioned. And that's exactly also the reason why GRI developed the the 207 tax standard as part of the wider sets of of sustainability standards, because tax is so crucial and fundamental for sustainable development. And looking then at that tax standard that GRI has developed, actually with the help of a lot of stakeholders around the globe, the standard provides a universal standard to report transparently on tax. And there are a couple of elements that more or less cover the various building blocks that cover the elements that Alison touched upon. So one, it really helps to build a narrative for companies, um, the company's approach to tax, or, or, or in other words, the tax policy or tax strategy. But also helps to communicate tax governance. so how does the company look at tax? How is the board involved? How is uh, ethical decision-making being implemented, etc? Another building block is the stakeholders. How have they been involved, their views taken into account, including their concerns that they may have? And last but not least, how does that all translate into uh, tax figures, to tax payments or contributions? in the so-called tax country-by-country reporting data. I think it's important to say here that the GRI and also that standard is not saying whether a certain tax approach is right or wrong, but it just provides a clear standard and framework to communicate to your stakeholders on how do you do tax as part and in the wider context of your broader ESG or sustainability reporting.
0: Now, can you tell us more about the global adoption of this standard? By businesses, investors, and policymakers?
2: Yeah, so the adoption, I think, to keep it as simple as possible, it's in my view twofold. So, indeed, the policymakers mainly, but also by business. And when we start looking at what policymakers are doing in the broader sense, so not only regulations, but maybe also softer codes of conduct or regulations, I think we see a variety in, in adoption. And just to give you a a couple of examples, in the uh, European Sustainability Reporting Regulations, the GRI standard, the tech standard, is quite often already referenced and and very relevant in multiple ways. Without going into all the details, I think one piece is there the EU taxonomy, where you can find, in, in very simple words, to what extent business activities can be considered sustainable or not. In the EU taxonomy, tax is considered as a minimum safeguard and the expert group really talks there also about the 207 standard and the use of that for the EU taxonomy.
0: Based on your experience with reporting organizations, what are some of the biggest challenges you see when companies and investors communicate their sustainable tax approach?
2: Yeah, I think if you ask me from the experience that I have also with engaging With all these stakeholders around the globe, I think companies are really struggling with the topic of responsible tax planning. So when is something acceptable for stakeholders? When is it seen acceptable optimization, tax optimization, and when is it seen as unacceptable tax avoidance or aggressive tax avoidance or aggressive planning? I think that topic is really a topic of a gray area, but on the other hand, uh, you can have a lot of discussions on that topic, a lot of different views. But I think that these days a lot of guidance is available for companies, including, for example, guidance from the UNPRI, how to look at this topic, how to deal with this topic. So I think the guidance is there, but it's still also a hot topic to get clarity on. And that's why I also think it's very important as a company to be in contact and engage with your stakeholders to see what their views are and and build on that, build your view and build your tax approach on that. So that's one, I think, that, that the whole planning and responsible tax planning topic. Other challenges, indeed, I think I touched upon that briefly, but involving stakeholders. What I've seen is that tax departments, companies, typically do not involve a lot of stakeholders when they develop their approach to tax, their tax strategy. I think that's that's crucial to do that more, uh, to hear their views, uh, to hear their concerns, and try, well, to try to integrate those uh, views in the tax approach. Because at the end, you are also showing accountability to those same stakeholders. The more you are aligned with them, the better also your reporting will be, and the better your reporting will address their uh, their needs and potential concerns. Together with that, building a a narrative that really explains text in a simple way. Yeah, that's that's complex. I think that will remain complex because text is a very technical and complex topic with a lot of terminology, uh, a lot of acronyms. Explaining that in a very simple way to people who don't have a background in text, I think that that will remain a challenge, but very important to do. Last but not least, I, I also hear quite often the the consideration of companies whether or not to include environmental taxes in their approach to tax and their transparent reporting um, i think till now there is a huge focus on corporate taxes direct taxes which i understand because also the topic of responsible planning plays an important role in indirect taxes the corporate taxes um, but i think with all the recent developments that environment taxes become much more important they have a huge impact positive and negative you can also do planning with that so knowing your environmental taxes knowing how you can deal with it how you can structure that in a positive way also make use of potential incentives that are available i think that's really important and be being transparent as a company on how you deal with that is is part of this part of the story and part of the reporting to do
0: And I guess maybe on the other side of that would be maybe some advice that you might have for businesses when further developing sustainable tax and even
2: policymakers. So for business, and I repeat myself, I'm aware of that a little bit, but involve your stakeholders right from the start, as I mentioned. Be careful to not step into the greenwash trap. I mean, report in a, a complete manner as this is really about building trust and making positive impact not only focus on tax contributions you see a lot of reports popping up on our tax contributions total tax contributions and i think that's a good development but i don't think that is a complete story completing that reporting with how you do planning tax planning how you do that in a responsible way how you monitor that i think that's also an important part of the story to tell but also to show in figures Maybe for business, the the, the last point is indeed go beyond the corporate tax focus, include the environmental taxes in your reporting, and ask for external assurance to provide additional comfort to your stakeholders. If you look for advice for policymakers, most important also in my discussion with policymakers around the globe, I think it's about please do not reinvent the wheel. A lot has been developed in 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 the past is available like the gri tax standards i think it's really important to take those those fundamentals like the gri standard and build on that and a good example again is then for example the the draft legislation in australia that has taken uh, the baseline from gri and is looking whether they want to deviate or add uh, stuff or not um That will certainly help to create a global baseline for tax transparency reporting, but it also makes the compliance burden for companies uh, less because they only have to deal, let's say, with one, ideally with one standard. And on top of that, it makes data comparable. And that's very important for a lot of stakeholders, including investors.
0: Thank you to Alison and Dave for giving both thought-provoking and practical guidance on making sustainable tax more attainable. While the era of poly crises might be out of our control, we can choose how we respond to its challenges. Reporting on tax promotes trust and supports the development of tax policy that works for us all. It's clear why we need to come together as individuals, businesses and governments to make ethical tax decisions and hold others accountable for doing the same our future depends on it. Thank you for tuning in to episode four of the SDG Insider. Join us again for more topics related to the global goals and be sure to click the subscribe button so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you've been listening to these episodes and are enjoying them, why not leave us a five-star review? For more information on the Global Reporting Initiative, visit www.globalreporting.org. Until next time. This podcast is produced by Two Stories for the Global Reporting Initiative, written by Linda Scarborough, produced by Carol Williams, with audio editing, engineering, and sound design by Kozim Zimela. Thanks to the SABC and OECD for the audio clips used in this episode. For more information on references used, please refer to the show notes.